Amen. If you hadn't brought a Bible tonight, we've got extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. And go with me to Mark, the 16th chapter, please. Mark, chapter 16. Mark, chapter 16. You going to believe with me tonight? Help me. You know, you're not limited to what I know. Aren't you glad about that? <laughs> you're not. You're not. The Holy Spirit's our teacher, isn't he? And he can say things to you that I didn't say or about what came out of my mouth. And I'm believing that he'll speak through me for sure. But that he's not limited to that. So uh, uh, let's just pray right now and release our faith. We, we've also got people watching in other states and other countries right now. And we'll have people watching uh, tomorrow and the next day and next week. And thank God for the technology we have. People could be feeding on this service, you know, 10 years from now if the Lord tears is coming. So uh, let's believe together exactly what will come out. Now, it's amazing. The Lord would know what they need 10 years from now. Right? And he would even, whether we know it or not, he'd bring it out. And so uh, this is a lot bigger than me and you. Father God, we pray tonight and acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Wonderful. Amazing teacher. Uh, no matter where we're at, he's able to communicate it to us in such a way that we can understand and receive. We ask you for the utterance. We ask you for the anointing. I ask you, Lord, help me to yield to you. Speak through my mouth and, and let the anointing come and rest on every one of us. And give us the answers to the questions and the direction that we need right now. And we'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And we purpose not to reject but receive and not just be hearers but doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said out loud, I'm a believer, and I'm a receiver, and I'm a doer of the Word of God. I uh, was impressed with this verse today for this evening. If you'd look at it with me, Mark, the 16th chapter, the Bible said uh, in verse 15, Jesus said to them, uh, Mark 16, 15, Go you, or you go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. <laughs> he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. This is how you can tell. Here's some indicators of the ones that believed. Go preach to everybody. Some will believe and respond and be saved. Some won't believe and won't be saved. And here's some signs that will follow the ones that choose to believe. Uh, believing faith is a choice. Have you ever heard somebody say, I, I just can't believe that? I'm sorry, I just can't believe that. That's not true. There's no such thing as a person that can't believe something. Now, if that sounds strange to you, don't throw it away. What do you mean? Well, I just can't believe that. Well, what is faith? What do you mean? I can't understand it. You don't have to understand something to believe it. I don't see it. I don't feel it. You don't have to see something to, to believe it. You don't have to feel something to believe it. 
That's what faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for or expected. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a choice. When you say, I just can't believe that, you ought to say it correctly. I choose not to believe that. Because you could believe it. People believe all kind of weird stuff. Don't they? I mean, stuff don't have to be true. There don't have to be any evidence. I mean, people believe strange things. Don't they? Not one shred of evidence, but I mean, they're convinced. And they'll try to talk you into them. They, they have just chosen to believe that. Well, I have chosen to believe the gospel. I have chosen to believe Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Christ, the Anointed One. He is the Messiah, born of a virgin, walked in this world in the flesh, crucified, raised from the dead, and is sitting at the right hand of majesty on high. And he's coming again. I believe that. <laughs> People say, well, I just can't believe that. No, you choose not to believe it. You choose not to believe. And, and they have chosen to believe something that, well, I just believe that, you know, when you're dead, you're just dead. That's it. Well, what evidence do you have of that? You ever been dead? <laughs> That's faith. You have chosen to believe that. It's a lie. It's not true. But you believe it. Can you see this, friend? You can believe anything you decide to believe. No such thing as I can't believe it. It's a choice. And uh, the, uh, the thing is, you, you choose to believe based on somebody who tells you the truth. And the Bible said it's impossible for God to lie. So when he tells us something, we ju I just choose to believe it. Because he's right. Other people, now you have to watch about that. Now, uh, he went on to say these signs will follow them that believe. What kind of signs will be present of people who are believing ones? In my name, Jesus' name, they'll cast out devils. You know, there's been entirely too much horror film watching by Christians. And, it had, and, and, and it's produced a Hollywood version of the devil that people are terrified of. And it's a lie. The devil has been stripped. He's been defeated. He's brought to nothing, the scriptures say. He, oh, he cranks us up, up to be this huge monster, this great big red with huge horns and terrifies everybody. When he hollers to the child of God, he's under our feet. The Bible said the greater one is in us. And when we resist the devil, he flees. Well, now how bad is he then? But see, all this stuff about demons and how terrible and awful and how powerful and, and the dark power and oh, <laughs> Hollywood fiction, fiction, fiction. 
When Jesus walked the earth, demons are real. They are. They cause problems. They do things. But when demon, excuse me, when Jesus walked the earth and he dealt with these things, there are two basic things he said. Shut up and come out. And they did. Every time. And then he told us, now you take my name and you go do like I did. And this is one of the signs that will follow believers anywhere on the planet and through every generation. In His name, they'll say shut up and get out. And it'll happen. But if you're all gripped in fear and go, ooh, the devil, ooh, the devil. Well, you're in trouble. Because you're scared. You're, you're full of fear and not faith. But it's not true. <laughs> Brother Hagin, uh, my father in the faith had uh, multiple visions. And uh, he, he saw into the spirit and saw some demons. And he's not the only one. There's been others. And of course there's been some people that just made stuff up too. Just imagined stuff. But he said, uh, on one occasion I'm thinking, now, he said, uh, the Lord let him look in the spirit. And he saw this little, he said as a little kind of a monkey-like looking creature. And said he was gripping this guy's head. And he saw him. And he said, you'll have to leave. And he said he started shaking and going, I know I will if you tell me I have to, but I don't want to. He said, well, you have to. Turn him loose. He said he fell down like a, and shook like a little pup that you'd hit. And, and he said, and not only here, but get out of here in Jesus' name. He said he took off. That's a demon. No, that's not what Hollywood portrays. Not some 90-foot monster breathing fire, destroying a city. Fiction! So you, got, you got fiction, and then you got truth. It's sad that a lot of Christians don't know the difference. No, you and I have authority in the name of Jesus over every demon, over every wrong spirit. This is one of the signs that follow those that believe. You, you have any kind of challenge, difficulty like that, you stand up, you stomp your foot, you say in the name of Jesus, shut up and get out of here, and that's it. Expect it to happen. That's it. That's it. All this other stuff is Hollywood. What other kind of sign will follow believers? They shall speak with new tongues. This is where I want to count some tonight. They shall speak with new tongues. Now the list goes on, but for tonight's purposes, let's just camp on this. What does that mean, they'll speak with new tongues? Well, the answer to Bible questions is found in the Bible. Go to Acts. Second chapter. And let's look at the first time this happened. After Jesus had given them these words... And directives, he told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he told them that those people that believed what they, when they preached the gospel, uh, signs would follow them. Thing, indicators would be present in the lives of those that believed. And one of the signs would be that they would speak with new tongues. Now this is a sign that would be evident in whose life? Them that believe. Not preachers. 
Not apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, uh, not a few super spiritual people. Believers, believers. Believe these signs that follow believers. All believers have authority in the name of Jesus. And all believers can speak in a new tongue. I know this is not universally believed. But what does the scripture say? Let's look. Now I've heard people say, well, you know, what that means, Brother Keith, is that you'll quit cussing. And you'll start using good language. (laughs) And this is only believed by people who don't speak in tongues. (laughs) A man or woman with an experience is never at the expense of a person with an argument. You know, people say, well, you know, all that's passed away. All that tongue stuff has passed away. That's like, you know, telling us that is like coming telling a guy in a, in a swimming pool doing this backstroke. There's no water in that pool. There's no water. He's wet. How are you going to tell him there's no water in there? And we're wet. We're wet with the Holy Spirit, with the anointing. With tongues and the gifts of the Spirit. And you don't want to fight that. You don't want to try to explain that away. Don't, not not just with this, but with every subject. Don't water down the Word to match your lack of experience. Everybody with me, friend? Don't, never water down the Word. To match your lack of experience. Now this is true with every one of us. I mean there will be multiple times. If you follow the Lord. There will be multiple times. Throughout your life. That you're reading the word. And you see something. And you go well. I don't have that. I'm not experiencing that. And it's time to believe God. Now if, if you don't have faith. You'll try to start explaining it away. You start making excuses and reasons why, well, that was for them and that's not for everybody and that's just for the Jews. And, and the first apostles had that power and they could do that, but that's all passed away. And, and you'll talk yourself right out of it. Huge blessing that you could have. Don't water down the word to match your lack of experience. Believe God to elevate your experience to match this book. Can you say amen? Amen. And not just with talking with tongues. Every one of us, if we follow on to know the Lord, if we keep going with Him, He's going to open things up to us. You and me, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, we're going to come across things. We're going to go, oh, we're not there yet. We're not seeing all that. We're not having all that. What's it time to do? Help me out. What's it time to do? Don't make excuses. Say, Lord, bring us up. Bring us up to this. Bring this up to where we're seeing this and having this in our life. Let me say it again. Don't water down the Word to match yours or anybody else's lack of experience. Believe God to elevate you, bring you up so that your experience matches this. You're, You're experiencing the Word in your life. 
See, there, I don't know if you realize it or not, but there's a whole lot of church-going people don't believe in the new birth. Do you know that? A lot of them. A lot of people. They talk about the new birth like some, a lot of church-going people to talk about uh, speaking with tongues. Well, I don't know what they mean by that, you know. The new birth. You mean an born again. They make fun of that term. What do you mean born again? These are church going people. I had the privilege of teaching at Brother Hagin's uh, Bible school, Rama, for a number of years. And uh, more than once, I'm thinking of one uh, individual right now, but this happened more than once. Had been in the ministry for decades and retired. A pastor. In a church, I won't call it a denomination, but had been a pastor for decades. He and his wife retired and went to a, a home fellowship and got to talking with some people, found out they'd never been born again. Got born again. I believe they were in their 70s and came to Ramah <laughs> and said, so they wanted to get trained and go out and get some fruit with the time that they had left. Now, now think about his people. He's not, he's not even born again. Preaching to them every Sunday. Well, how many people in the congregation are getting born again? And see, they were doing the same thing, explaining it away. Instead of believing God to bring them up. When the Bible says, when Jesus said, you must be born again, don't start explaining them. Ask him how to get born again. And when you see him speaking in tongues, don't start explaining and making excuses. Ask him to bring you up to it. When you see miracles, when you see healings, don't start explaining away. Say, God, bring me up to that. Show me how. Help me to get into that. Because he is the same. He does not change. And if it was his will then, it's his will now. If it was his will for them, it's his will for you. He doesn't change. He never changes. He's no respecter of persons. So when he says they will speak with new tongues, don't let some man, educated or not, give you their explanation of what that means. Let the Bible tell you what that means. And the first time we see it referred to that they were speaking with tongues, it was Acts, the second chapter. So let's let the Holy Ghost tell us in Acts what he's talking about. Acts 2, are you there? Acts 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. People say, you, you believe that actually literally happened? Absolutely. You believe it's happened since then? Absolutely. You believe it could happen today? Absolutely. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and set upon each of them. Now, this is amazing. I mean, uh, the wind's blowing, strong, mighty wind, and they see flickering tongues of fire. They're having church, brother. <laughs> God is in the house. And as they're watching these tongues, they come down. And sat on them. Did you know the Holy Ghost sits on people? Do you mind Him sitting on you? 
Come on, somebody needs to say, sit on me. Sit on me. Holy Spirit. He can get in the chair with you. Oh yeah, he's inside you. But he can also come upon you. Now that's the key word. In the new birth, the Spirit of God is in you. But this is something else. This is not the Spirit in you. This is the Spirit upon you, on you. And if you haven't experienced any of that, you need to believe God to elevate your experience to this, to Him coming on you. You see this all through the Word of God, all through the Bible, Old Testament, all up to New, that the Spirit of God came on them. Remember that phrase? Spirit of God came on them. The Spirit of God came on, uh, who was it, Elijah? Ran before those chariots? Outran the king's chariot. Whew. Because the hand of the Lord came up. Brother, you talking about running. The Spirit of the Lord. That's, that's what happened when uh, Samson killed all those Philistine warriors and soldiers. How could you do that with a, a donkey's jawbone? Holy Ghost came on him. Does the Holy Ghost still come on people? He does. He's real. And he came on all these sitting in that upper room. And the Bible said, verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were no cuss words at all. Very polite words. Good grammar. No. See, why are you laughing? Because that's, that's a fabrication. He tells you exactly what kind of tongues it was. There were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speaking in his own language. And they knew these people didn't speak their language. And yet they're hearing them speak their language. So they are speaking different languages that are understood by the people in the crowd. This is what the Bible means by other tongues. Doesn't it? And any other explanation is outside the Bible. Something that men have come up with. This is speaking in other tongues. It was noised abroad. The multitude came together. They were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed. And they marveled. Now, you don't, you're not amazed and marveled because somebody's not cussing. <laughs> right? Or they're speaking with good elocution. <laughs> and just kind, nice words. No, no. They're speaking other languages. And they were all amazed and they, they marveled and they said to one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia. These are all different languages. Pamphylia in Egypt, uh, Libya, Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews, proselytes. More languages, Cretes, Arabia, all these are different languages. And all these guys are hearing all these languages. Out coming out of the mouths of people who don't speak these languages. 
This is supernatural. Supernatural. And I know there are a lot of people that, you know, uh, there are people that have made fun of us for speaking in tongues. And people that, you know, think they're so much superior and educated and that we're just ignorant and don't know what's going on. and uh, They don't know that they're making fun of this. They're making fun of this. No. They were all amazed. And uh, they were in doubt. They said, what does this mean? And others mocking. Always some wise guys around. They said, these men are full of new wine. So, now you don't say they must be drunk because they're speaking in a different language. There must have been another element. They must have been ecstatic. They must have been a little too happy. Maybe staggering some. And, and the Bible compares being filled with the Spirit to being drunk on wine. Ephesians in the New Testament says, don't be drunk uh, and wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. Singing and getting drunk was not originated in a bar. <laughs> Or getting drunk and singing, I should say, did not originate in any bar, anywhere. It originated in the upper room in church. So much of the things that have gone big guns in the world are simply perversions of things that came out of the church. Do you know that? The devil can't invent anything. All he can do is mess it up, twist it around, pervert it, distort it. He never invented anything yet, anything good. Now, they spoke with tongues, other languages, and other people understood them. I want us to go uh, over to, uh, well, hold hold your place. I'm not quite ready to go yet. Let's give a purpose for the tongues and let's talk about whether this belongs to everybody or not. Because I know a lot of people are still struggle with this. And uh, don't, uh, don't feel uncomfortable if you don't speak with tongues. I'm, I'm not trying to speak condescendingly at all. There were years that I believed in speaking in tongues and didn't speak in tongues. Years. And when I finally received and started speaking in tongues, I thought, wow, I could have been doing this years ago. But wrong thinking held me out. And so you you may be where I was for years. But I want you to know this is a sign that should follow every believer. I'm quoting the scripture. Every believer can. And should speak with tongues. That includes every born again Catholic, every born again Baptist, every born again Presbyterian, every born again Methodist, every born again everybody can and should speak with a new tongue, speak in other tongues. 
But Brother Keith, I just I, I was taught that that's not for everybody. That's why I'm glad you're here tonight. And I hope you got a Bible in front of you. Because we're going we're gonna to go to some of these things. Talk about Have you got some time for this or not? Don't fight something that you desperately need. Hmm? Oh, friend. Do I have any tongue talkers in the house tonight? I want you to raise your hand. Let me see. Hmm? Do you find it valuable? Huh? Just a little bit. Kind of a nice thing and okay to have. And, huh? Is it a big deal to you? Come on, help me out. Is it a big do you Do you think everybody, not just can, should, needs to? How many would say everybody needs to be able to pray like this? And speak, you need it. You need it. You do. Everybody needs to. It It hurts me when people get upset and go, well, it's not for everybody. And so scripture says so and so and this and that. And I just, and you, it just hurts your heart. Because you're thinking, man, you're the one that needs it. Because if you don't know how to pray like this, you are limited to your little understanding. And no matter how brilliant you may be, it just ain't enough. You need this ability too. Why would the Lord have given it to us? Why did he tell them? I mean, after he told them, go into all the world and preach the gospel everywhere. And you think, well, it's time to take off. And he said, no, no, no. Wait before you go now. You got to wait. And you're going to be endued with power from on high. The Holy Ghost is going to come on you. Then you can go out and do this job. And that's what happened right here. And when he came on them... And he filled them, they spoke with other tongues. Now, are we a part of that same church? Do we have the same Holy Spirit? Why shouldn't we have the same evidence? The same manifestations? Why shouldn't we? Why, why would there be a difference? And the people that are explaining why, do they speak with tongues? Or is it convenient that they're explaining why they don't? Y'all want to know any more about this, guys? Or? Let me give you three. Well, well go, go to 1 Corinthians. I, am, I do need to go there first. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And hold your place there in, in both 1 Corinthians and Acts for just a little bit, if you can. 1 Corinthians uh, 12. reveals that there is more than one kind of tongue. In 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 10, he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and he says, uh, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another uh, kinds of tongue. King James says divers, but it, it's kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. So when you say kinds of tongues, plural, b- both kinds and tongues, plural, obviously there's more than one kind of supernatural tongue. And this is where some of the confusion has come in. Everybody say kinds of tongues. And, and I think here the translators did okay by saying divers because if you say kinds, it's understood. Different kinds. That's what you're talking about. Different kinds of tongues. And I don't pretend to know all about it. 
God's amazing. A lot of things are a mystery yet. But uh, let me mention three that I am aware of. Three different kinds of tongues. One is back here in uh, Acts 2. We'll call it a sign tongue. Sign, S-I-G-N. This was a sign to all those people that were there in that they understood what all these people speaking in tongues were saying. Now that doesn't happen all the time. This is a sign to them. And the sign was to uh, get their attention about this amazing thing and the, the you know, uh, what did uh, the apostles do with this crowd that gathered? Anybody remember? This crowd that gathered over this sign tongues, what did they do? They preached the gospel to them. And thousands got saved. So God uses tongues. He did it then. He's done it many times since then. He, he'll do it again. He'll cause somebody to speak in a, a language they don't know and somebody to hear and understand it. And that's a sign. You can't do that at will. You can't just say, I'm going to do that. You can't. But God could use you if it pleased Him to do in a situation. And uh, uh, there have been numerous times. I've been in services and and uh, uh, with myself and with other people where somebody came up and, and tried to talk to you in a language and you didn't understand it at all. And they said, well, you were saying it earlier. Well, I didn't know it. Well, you said such and such to me. No, I didn't. It wasn't me. It was him. Why would the Lord do that? It's a sign. Everybody say sign tongue. That's one kind. And uh, here's another kind. Go with me, if you would, over to 1 Corinthians. You're, maybe you're still there in the 12th chapter. To the end of the chapter, 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, 30. It says, Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Now, a number of people who don't speak with tongues use this verse in their mind to justify and say, Well, not everybody speaks with tongues. The Bible said not everybody speaks with tongues. And that's why not everybody speaks with tongues. But that's incorrect. That's implying that it's not for everybody. And that God chooses to give this to some, but some he doesn't give it to. And we don't know why. That's not true. Because again, you're talking about a different kind of tongue to the first one we just got through talking about. And another one we're going to talk about after this. Did the Bible mention kinds of tongues? Different kinds of tongue. This we'll call ministerial tongue ministry tongue what do you mean if you'll read this you'll notice every one of these is a ministry well he didn't change subjects in the middle of the verse he said are all apostles what's the answer to that question no are all prophets no are all teachers no are all workers of miracles no and yet 
are all things possible to him that believes. Yeah. So could anybody believe in, is it possible that any believer could have a miracle? But that doesn't mean that you have a ministry of working of miracles. This is ministry. This is a call on your life. This is God using you to minister to other people through gifts. Have all the gifts of healing? The answer is no. And yet, can believers lay hands on the sick? Any believer. Lay hands on anybody sick. And believe that they shall recover. Yeah. But this, this is different. This is a ministry. A call. And then he goes on to say, do all speak with tongues? And the answer is no. And do all interpret? And the answer is no. But it's talking about ministry. Ministry. Have you ever heard a tongue and interpretation in a service? Or seen people that were used more along that line than other people? There's a ministry along this line. A ministry of speaking in tongues, of God speaking through people to the congregation. And God speaking through people to interpret. Not just to a congregation, but it could be it could be on the side of the road. It could be any number of places and situations. But not everybody ministers strongly in that area. Just like not everybody ministers strong in the area of an apostle or an evangelist. This is a different kind of tongue. It's not a sign tongue. It is a ministry tongue. And not everybody's called to that. Can you see that? But let's mention a third kind. In the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14, he said, verse 1, follow after charity, love, and desire spirituals. The word gifts is added there. But rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaks in a tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. Now that couldn't be a sign tongue there, could it? Because nobody understands him. Can you see there's different kinds of tongues? No man understands him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaks in a tongue edifies himself. This is, uh, you can call it uh, edifying tongue. You can call it devotional tongue. But this is a tongue, this is the kind of tongue everybody can and should speak in to build yourself up. To speak out, to pray out divine mysteries and secrets. And why wouldn't everybody need to be able to build their self up? Why wouldn't everybody, every believer, need to be able to pray out things about the future and about the plan of God that there's no way, no matter how brilliant you may be, there's no way your mind's going to know all that. Every believer needs this. And it's a sign that should follow every believer. You believe it or not? Believers believe, correct? And don't say you can't. (laughs) It's a choice, isn't it? Uh, Skip on down in uh, in the chapter. In verse 14... 
He said, if I pray in an unknown tongue. Now, the, the word unknowns in italics means it was added by the translators. It is unknown to the speaker on most occasions, but not necessarily unknown to everybody. Uh, I mean, an, an angel might understand it. God understands it. If it's just for your edification, no man around you understands it because nobody needs to. This is not a sign tongue because God's not going to let them understand it. Uh, and, you know, we need to stop and talk about this a little bit. Uh, I've heard people uh, listen to somebody else speak in tongues or listen to themselves speak in tongues and go, I, you know, I just don't sound like a tongue to me. How in the world would you know? Have you ever listened to some of the different languages that are spoken in the earth right now today? There are languages that consist primarily of cliques and different enunciation that's totally foreign to us, but they know exactly what they're saying to each other. And beside that, the Bible talks about the tongues of men and of angels. So now how would you know what an angelic tongue sounds like? You are not qualified to listen to yourself or anybody else and decide whether it sounds like a bona fide language to you or not. How would you know? (laughs) It's a by faith proposition, isn't it? And the important thing is God understands. Is it written right here? Didn't it say? He understands. No man understands. When you speak in tongues like this, but God understands and you are praying and speaking out divine mysteries and you are edifying or building yourself up. Whew. Could you use a little building up? Could you use hmm? Edify means to build on, to build up. Now, he went on to say, verse 14, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. I've heard people say, well, what good is that? You don't even understand what you're saying. What good is that? Why don't you ask the Lord why he had them do it on the day of Pentecost? And since then, you can believe the scripture. The Bible said again, you're praying out divine mysteries and you're building yourself up. It's faith. The whole thing is faith. Well, how do you do it? By faith. do Do you hear words and just speak them out? No. Do you see words and just read them out? No. No. How do you know what you're going to say? You don't. How do, you, how do you say it if you don't know what you're going to say? By faith. By faith, you step out to speak and you believe he'll give you utterance. I had a Pentecostal person get upset with me about this one time and said, Oh, now, 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 you can't just turn the Holy Ghost off and on like that. So you think speak in tongues anytime you want to. You really think you can? I said, no, I do. (laughs) That made them matter. They said, no, no, you you cannot 
turn the Holy Ghost off and on. And I'd never thought of this before. It just came right up out of my spirit. I said, He's always on. <laughs> and He is. Did you know? He's always, He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He, he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's always right there. And anytime you step out by faith, He'll give you the utterance. Anytime. He's always on. Hmm. Uh, he that, he said, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit is praying, but my understanding is unfruitful. Come on, you wouldn't have to do too much thinking to realize, could there be an advantage to praying straight out of your spirit to God without the interference of your head? Could that be of any use? <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> he said, my spirit's praying, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. And I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. Is it true that a believer can say, I will pray with the Spirit and start praying in another tongue? Just like they can say, I will pray with my understanding and just start praying in the understanding? It's right here. Now if you haven't experienced it, don't explain it away. Don't, don't try to water it down. Tell me what you do. What do you do? You believe God to raise you, elevate your experience to match this. People say, well, didn't the Bible say that all passed away? <laughs> well, back up to the verse that people are referring to. 1 Corinthians 13. He said, describing love in verse 8, he said, Love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So people say, well, see, it says right there, tongues will cease. Hmm? And that's absolutely the truth. They shall. But come on now. Look at the other ones. Right? Prophecies shall fail. Has, has, have every prophecy come to pass and been fulfilled and there's no more? No. How about knowledge? Has all knowledge already vanished and gone now? Then why you pick the one in the middle? <laughs> unless you just happen not to speak in tongues and not like speaking in tongues and are looking for a way to explain it no in the beginning everybody was on the same page and spoke the same tongue you remember that and then people got away from God and going to build them a tower to the heavens and going to 
rebelled against him, and he came down and confounded their languages, and uh, they couldn't understand each other. And all there, there was a division there. And you and I, the Bible says, we know, he goes on to say, right after this, he said, verse 9, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part. We need this right now, because we know so little, don't we? I believe there's coming a day when every prophecy will be fulfilled. I believe there's coming a day when knowledge will be complete in the areas that we've been looking for, and we'll meet people in heaven from every kindred and every tongue, and nobody will need an interpreter. Come on, are you listening? And we won't, we won't even have to pray in a tongue that we don't know because we'll be able to speak right out of our spirit in the tongue we know and say everything that we need to say exactly the way it ought to be said. These things will come to pass. He's talking about a future time. Every one of these. But no, tongues haven't ceased right now any more than knowledge has passed away or every prophecy has failed and been fulfilled. It's not true. You got to, the same truth applies to all of that passage. You can't just pull one out and say, well, that, that's passed away, but these are, based on what? Based on what? Now again, these are people trying to explain their lack of the experience. And they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't fight it. They should say, Lord, bring me up. Bring me up to it. Quit trying to explain it away. Bring me up to it, please. When we come across something in the Word that we don't know and that we don't understand, we should humble ourselves before it, shouldn't we? Not act haughty and say, well, you've got to explain it to me or I'm not going to accept it. No, humble yourself before this and say, oh, wow, I'm not experiencing that. It looks amazing, though. Lord, bring me up to that. Hmm? Teach me. What I don't know, show me. Help me. No, tongues have not ceased. That ought to be obvious. There are millions of tongue talkers on the planet right now. <laughs> Bothers the devil so much, I'm going to say it again. There are millions <laughs> of blood-bought Jesus' name authorized, Holy Ghost-empowered, tongue-talking Christians on the planet right now. And they're increasing in number. Ask the secular folk, they'll tell you, the tongue-talking churches are the biggest, the fastest growing in every continent on the planet. It's a fact. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. <laughs> Look at Jude 20. You got just a few more minutes? Put it up on the screen for us if you would. What does it say? Just one chapter in Jude. It's up on the screen if you want to read it from there. But you, beloved, doing what? Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. 
What kind of praying is that? That's just like what they did on the day of Pentecost. Now, what a lot of people don't want to acknowledge is that the Corinthians were tongue talkers. The Ephesians were tongue talkers. The Galatians were tongue talkers. The ones in Thessalonica, tongue talkers. Philippian Christians, tongue talkers, tongue talkers, tongue talkers. The guy that wrote, penned most of the Bible, he said, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. And he's having to correct them because they're speaking in tongues at the wrong time and in the wrong way. And yet, how much of the church world can just cast this aside and go, well, that was just for then and that's all passed away. It's just not so. People are trying to explain away what they haven't experienced. People, like we said before, many are doing it with a new birth now. You know, there's a lot of people going to church today. Don't believe in the virgin birth anymore. Don't believe in a literal, physical resurrection from the grave. Preachers stand up and say, well, that doesn't really matter. The important things is what Jesus taught and the, the life example that he... Are you kidding me? Does it really matter? Difference between saved and lost? Heaven and hell? If you don't believe in the virgin birth and Jesus being raised from the dead, you are not a Christian. So there's a lot of people think because they're a U.S. citizen, they're a Christian. People do go, well, yeah, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm an American. <laughs> no. <laughs> you must be born again. Yes. And if you're making fun of born again, you're lost. You're in trouble. Hell is real. Eternity is real. I know people, you know, professors make fun of this in their classes and Colleges and institutes of higher learning, but uh, there are no dead atheists. What do you mean? Because as soon as they died, hello, here it is. You can only do that till you die, and then it's too late. No, friend, don't don't do that, and don't say I can't believe. It's a choice. You, ch- you chose what you, you believe. You can build yourself up. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Go with me to Luke 11. You say, well, Brother Keith, I, I don't speak in tongues. You are in the right place tonight. You are in the right place tonight. And if you're watching by internet, I don't care what country you're in, What's your culture, your background? We're going to believe God tonight. Come on, saints, am I right? We're going to believe God tonight. We're going to pray. God's going to give. People are going to receive. We're going to speak in tongues. You know, uh, uh, I forget what was it, a year or so ago, we got an a, a email from a guy over in Africa at an internet coffee cafe thing, and he was watching on the little screen. We let him into prayer. He started talking in tongues right there in the cafe. <laughs> he said he did not care either. He was so happy. And <laughs> The Spirit of God's everywhere. It is so easy to receive. So easy. In Luke, the 11th chapter, notice this. 
Before I read this, let me just share a little bit of my testimony with you. I, I told you earlier that I was a Christian. I was a believer. I was born again as a boy in a fine Baptist church. And um, my grandma was Pentecostal. And she got filled with the Holy Ghost and uh, started speaking in tongues out in the cotton field with a cotton sack on her back, picking cotton. Got happy, ran up and down the roads, <laughs> talking in tongues. They really had a, uh, an outpouring in that little uh, Mississippi community. Uh, of course, this was uh, back when she was a young woman. This is my grandmother. Uh, the races were segregated in the South. But they had a move, got out there, and they had the white, black, uh, Choctaw Indian, other folk come out to their pond and have services. Now I got baptized and got filled with the Holy Ghost together. Right out there in Mississippi. <laughs> you know, uh, now I don't know who else knew about that, but God has always had a people. He's always had people that believed him, that spoke in tongues, that had miracles. It might not have made the papers. It might not have made the news in some big cities. But he's always had a people. Some pockets of people all over the place. He's never changed. And even though people might have left him in mass, there's always been some that believed. So I knew speaking in tongues was, was real and right because I knew what kind of woman she was, what kind of life she lived. I knew she was no... Uh, no put on at all. And she was the real deal. Uh, in fact, somebody came to her at the Pentecostal church. Somebody had really jumped and shouted and ran one night. And they came on and talked to my grandmother about it. And uh, telling her what a hypocrite they were. How they didn't believe in all that stuff. I happened to be there, a little boy, listening around the corner. And, uh, and uh, I want to know what, what my grandmother going to say. Because she never, she never talked bad about people. And uh, wonderful thing about her. And... And so this person went on and on and on about, well, I just don't believe that. You're just a carrying on and a jumping like that, and, and that can't be right, and, and that dancing like that. And, and she finally stopped and looked at my grandmother, wanted her to say something. She said, well, she said, dancing is good. Dance hard. Jumping is good. Jump high. She said, running is good. Run fast. <laughs> she said, dance hard, jump high, run fast. She said, just walk straight when you hit the ground. <laughs> hey, that'll preach. Right? See, there's a lot of people carry on a lot of stuff, but how do they live tomorrow? And how do they live the next day? That's, that's what she's talking about. That's the real test. <laughs> If it's really God, it's going to help you live better, help you be free, help you be a witness. So uh, I knew this was right, but I didn't experience this. And so uh, uh, even after Phyllis and I got married, uh, I had not spoken with tongues. And yet a lot, some of my folk are Pentecostal and tongue talkers and some of them are Baptists, and some of them are Church of God, and good people in all these groups. And, and um, so I, I began to be in earnest, because I, I kept sensing that God had a plan for my life, and I, and I felt like I needed, I couldn't pray it out. 
I'd, I'd say everything I knew how to say, and then I'd say it again, and it just wasn't cutting it. And I kept being drawn to the speaking in tongues. I know why now. But then I didn't know why. But I thought, well, I, I can't do it. I don't know how. And so I started going to the Pentecostal church again. And they believed in tarrying. They knew more about tarrying than they did receiving. And bless their hearts, I didn't know anything about either one. So they were, they were ahead of me. And uh, so they, at the end of the service, they'd give an altar call for people to come. And to tarry, to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. Men on one side, women on the other side. So I'd get up and come because I'm hungry. I want this. But some way or another, I just couldn't get it. And I'd pray and beg God and beg God and please, I want to be filled. I want this experience that I see others and I see in the Bible. Please, please. And I must have begged for hours and hours if you put it all together. Days, weeks, months. Years, everybody say years. years. You know, not every day, but we'd, they'd have a revival meeting, and I'd go, and at the end of the service, I'd come up, tarry. And the brothers would gather around me. They were faithful, man. They'd stick in there with you. They, they'd slap me on the back and say, hold on, Keith. Some would say, turn loose, Keith. And I'm thinking, well, hold, I turn, I don't know. And <laughs> that's all we knew. And I'm, and I'm seeking the Lord, and I'm... And I'm, somebody said, well, didn't the Bible say tarry? No, no. He told them to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. And after that, he never told anybody to tarry again. The reason they had to tarry means wait. The reason they had to wait is because he hadn't come yet. The Holy Ghost came. When the, the Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Holy Ghost came. Well, he didn't leave. He's been here ever since. So nobody has to wait on him to receive this. Now, it's all right to wait on God, but it's a whole lot easier to wait on him with speaking in tongues. <laughs> but I, I didn't know. So I, I tarried and I tarried. I mean, some nights I'd start tarrying 9.30 after service preaching was over. I'd still be tarrying 2.30 in the morning. I was sincere. But sincerely wrong. One night, you know, they, they left. Everybody left. They closed the doors. I'm up there by myself, Terry. And about two in the morning, the pastor come back. He said, I just couldn't lay in bed knowing you up here tearing by yourself. I had to come help. <laughs> well, we might not have known enough, but you got to commend that kind of camaraderie. There's a lot of people, you know, so-called charismatic faith people, they won't hang with you 15 minutes, man. I mean, huh? And so he, he grabbed me around the neck and we started, both of us started begging God together. Oh, please, God. Please. And we did some serious begging. And I never got filled like that for years. Phyllis grew up Catholic. So this was foreign to her. And it began to perturb her some, I think, because she's sitting in the back thinking, you know, man, he's going to go up there again. And, and sure enough, I'd go up there, and she's got to wait on me. Or go home and wait, well, what's he doing? When's he going to come? And finally, one night, she's in the back, and she told me later that she said, I just said, God, whatever it is he wants, would you please give it to him so that we could just go home and quit doing this? <laughs> 
And then she got to thinking, well, maybe it's me. You know, I, I grew up Catholic, and I don't know anything about this. Maybe I need to, so maybe I'll go to the altar. So she came up to the altar, praying for me, fell out under the power, started talking in tongues. And I'm still tarrying. I said, God, I'm third generation Pentecostal. She's Catholic. How can this be? <laughs> she just talked. I mean, she talked in tongues uh, almost for three days solid. Just, she was floating, man. She had an experience with God. She didn't eat, didn't sleep, didn't need to. She had an experience with God. And, and, and after that, weeks and months after that, I, I knew that God's got a call on her life. And so I come to her, I said, you know, maybe you could pray in tongues, you know, because <laughs> I'm still tarrying. So I have the utmost concern and, and understanding for people that have not received. I, I've been there myself. Don't let people tell you it's not for you though. All those years I did not receive, it didn't prove the will of God. It just proved my lack of understanding. And here's one thing I learned later that was really hindering me. I was so adamant about this. I'd say, well, now I'll tell you one thing. If you hear me speaking in tongues, it won't be me. It'll be God. Because I want the real thing. And I'm not one of these guys that's going to put on and carry on a bunch of stuff, you know. And if you, if you hear me, you hear this old boy talking in tongues, it'll be God. <laughs> and as long as I said that, I never received. Why? Because it's not God who needs to receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And it's not God who needs to speak in other tongues. It was Keith who needs to speak. And so if you hear Keith speaking in tongues, it will be Keith. <laughs> look, at, look in 1 Corinthians 14 again. <laughs> Maybe some of you said the same thing. Well, I'm, I'm not going to be. Now, it's commendable that you don't want to be fa a fake. That's great. But no, you've got to understand this. God's not going to make you speak. He's not going to control you and take you over and make you speak. And if you speak in tongues, it's not God speaking. It's you speaking. In fact, let's go to the Scripture again. Go to Acts again. And then go to 1 Corinthians 14. Let's, don't, don't take my word for it. You got time for this? Acts, the second chapter. Verse 4. What does it say? They were all filled. Who was filled? They were, the people, the men and women in the room, with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. Who began to speak? Same ones that were in the room that got filled. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit 
gave them utterance. What's the Spirit of God doing? Didn't say He's speaking. What does it say? Who's doing the speaking? So this is, this is what held me up for years. Because I thought God's just going to take me over and make me speak. Or He's going to speak through me independently of me. And I'm just going to kind of be along for the ride. And I don't want to do it myself. I want Him to do it. But that's wanting God to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He don't need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's wanting God to speak. didn't say God spoke. said they spoke. Who spoke? They were filled. They began to speak. The Holy Ghost was enabling them to speak, but they were doing the speaking. It's not supernatural that you're physically speaking. You have to use your tongue. You have to use your throat, your vocal cords, just like when you're speaking your known tongue. That's not the supernatural part. The supernatural part is the utterance is not coming out of your head. It's coming from your insides. Are y'all with me? But if you wait for Him to make you speak, you're not going to speak. Do you understand this, friends? In 1 Corinthians 14, look at this, please. 1 Corinthians 14. He said in verse uh, 14, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. If I pray, if who prays? In an unknown tongue, who's praying? Huh? It doesn't say the Holy Ghost is praying. See, people have said things that they've changed the Scriptures. What does it say? Whose spirit? Your spirit. Your spirit is praying. Who did the speaking on the day of Pentecost? They did. Their spirit was speaking. The Holy Ghost was enabling them, but they were the ones doing the talking. Can you see this, friend? And so I tarried, and 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 I tarried. They said, well, maybe if you'd shave that mustache off. So I shaved her off. <laughs> maybe if you'd cut your hair, because I had some long hair. I cut my hair. Maybe if you'd do this. And I thought, hey, I'll do it. I'll do it. But that's trying to earn. And nobody can earn being filled with the Spirit. He, he's given him, he's bought, he's paid for this by Jesus. This, you, well, I have to live good enough. No, no, no. You could never. No. Free gift. Yes. All you got to do is receive. Yes. And there were times that uh, I was in, I remember one night in particular. I was seriously tearing tonight, brother. I'd made up my mind. If it takes intense effort, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do her all the way. But I mean, I was praying. I was reaching. I was sweating. I was hollering. I was moaning. I was doing everything I could do for hours. Sincere, but sincerely wrong. And finally, I'm just running out of gas. And I just kind of uh, draped over the altar. And, and man, I, I felt the presence of the Lord. Oh, and I heard kaboom. And I kind of looked around, and that brother fell out under the power. Kaboom. Another brother over here. Kaboom. Kaboom. Five or six brothers out, on, out in, the, in the power. It's going, oh, Jesus. 
Oh, Jesus. And, and, and the anointing was so strong that I'm just dry. I can't hardly raise my head. I'm just draped over the altar on my knees. And here's what I said. Oh, please, God, give me the Holy Ghost. Please give me the Holy Ghost. Didn't have enough sense to realize he's all over me going, Hey, I'm here. It's me. <laughs> Didn't have enough sense to, to receive. Now, see, listen, friend, whether it's the new birth, whether it's being filled with the Spirit, whether it's being... Uh, uh, forgiveness of your sins or, or whatever it is, you have to receive by faith. Not by feeling, not by sight. It's not feel and see and then believe. Uh-uh, uh-uh. you got to believe you receive before you see and feel anything. Do you hear, friends? It, it, all of it has to be by faith. And see, I'm not going to believe that I've received until I hear me talking in tongues. And then when anybody says anything about it, I says, well, I'll tell you one thing. If you hear Keith talking in tongues, it won't be me. It'll be God. Thinking wrong. Thinking wrong. Finally, after years, got a hold of a little book by Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. Well, what's the title? Seven Steps? To receiving, how to receive the Holy Spirit. I should know the title. Anyway, I read it in our little mobile home there in Mississippi, a little 1969 Marriott mobile home with the uh, red shag carpet, <laughs> genuine imitation leather sofa. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the 70s. And a uh, little bitty mobile home. And, and I read that little book, and he said, just ask the, ask the Father to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and believe you receive, and by faith speak. I thought, nah. <laughs> no, no. That can't be that easy, I mean. And then this came up, I'm born again, I was born again as a boy. Now, if I'd have died, I'd have gone to be with the Lord. But I had not been... The same spirit you're born of will fill you to overflowing, will come on you and give you utterance in a new tongue. This belongs to every believer. Don't let anybody tell you any differently. And uh, this came up in me, thought to my mind, well, you've tried everything else. And I had <laughs> that, that I knew of. And I know that was the Spirit of God trying to help me out. I thought, well, yeah. So right there in that little mobile home by myself, I, I said, okay. I went to Luke 11. Turn, you, got, you got it right there? Luke 11. Luke 11. 11. Well, excuse me, verse 9. says, ask... And it shall be given you. Who said that? Tell me who said that. Jesus. Seek and you shall find. Yes. Knock and you might tear your whole life. We just don't know. No, no, no. It shall be open to you for every one. Somebody say everyone. Everyone that asks. So tell me out loud. Everyone that asks. Say it out loud. Everyone that asks. Receive. Say it again. Everyone that asks, receive. Every 
one that asks receives. He that seeks finds. To him that knocks it shall be opened. Now listen. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that's a father, will he give him a stone? The answer is, of course not. If he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Certainly not. If he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? No. If he asks for something good, is he going to give him something bad that will hurt him? No. No. And if you then, you know, being natural fathers and having done evil things, if you know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? I thought, okay. Because it says everyone. Doesn't it say everyone? Everyone. Everyone. So I stood up there right by myself. I said, well, Father, I am a child of yours. I, you know I believe in Jesus. You know, I know when I was born again, back when I was 10 years old, I know exactly what happened in my life. And you said that if I'd ask you for the Holy Spirit, you'd give him to me. So I'm asking you right now, give me, fill me with your wonderful Holy Spirit. And even though I don't see or feel anything, I believe that I receive by faith I just believe I receive him right now. And by faith, uh, give me utterance in a new tongue. I'm going to speak by faith. Now stop and I thought, no, no, no. Now, that can't be it because when Sister Millie got filled, she saw a bright light come burning and hit, hit her in the top of the head. She rolled under the pew, sang in tongues for an hour. And when Brother George got filled and, and see, experiences. And people may have an experience, but it, that's, the Bible didn't say that was going to happen for everybody. It said you would be filled and you'd speak. And the book I had read, he talked about, well, even no matter what you feel or don't feel, the Bible said you're edifying yourself. You're building yourself up and you're praying in uh, praying out mysteries. And I thought, well, that's right. Spirit of God said, keep going, keep going. I thought, well, okay. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm by myself, which was a good thing, you know. <laughs> and so I, I did some more and I, did, and, and I realized, man, the more I go, the better this gets. And, and I've been doing it till this day. Yes. Hallelujah. I was trying to make the spiritual spectacular. I was trying to make God do my part of receiving a mistake that many have made. Friend, if you're here tonight and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, tonight is your yes. night. Singers, players, would y'all come up? Everybody stand. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, I want you to make your way down to the front right now. I want to pray for you. If you're watching by internet, there's no distance in the Spirit. I, uh, I will pray for you. Uh, here and God will fill you right there. This has happened many, many, many times. You just get ready. You, you give this your full attention and, and get close to your screen and come right on up to your, your monitor or whatever it is and get ready. Come right on. Everybody. Everybody. Just stand right up here in the front. Come right on. And just stand here and, and if you would just close your eyes and just wait on the Lord. Get quiet before. I'm going I'm to pray for you in just a minute. Come right on. 
Come right on. Real simple. If you don't speak in tongues, it's time to get out of here right now. Right now. Maybe, listen to this, maybe you spoke in tongues a long time ago, but you hadn't been speaking regular. This is for you too. You get out and come. You get out and come too. So I, I did get filled. I had an experience, but that's been 10 years ago. That's way too long. You need to be speaking in tongues every day. Get down here and, and, and re- renew yourself and, and get stirred up. Stir up the gift that's in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can we sing thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost? Y'all go ahead and sing that. scripture the way he does it belongs to us so it's real simple if you don't speak in tongues or maybe you did a long time ago but you hadn't recently come on down come come quickly we're going to sing it again come on down those of you watching by internet get up get ready get close to the monitor get ready we're going to pray in just a minute sing it again as they come thank you lord for the holy ghost thank you lord if you would look at me for just a moment I've, I've prayed for hundreds and hundreds of people just like this right now and saw them get filled get filled, get filled if you say do you think the Holy Ghost will come on me, no I'm confidently that I know that he will, he's faithful very simple I'm going to pray a prayer, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and then you need to believe that you receive. Before you see or feel anything, you need to believe. You're not trying to receive. You believe by faith you receive Him. And then I'm going to start speaking in tongues. Now when I do, you can join me by faith. If you can get out of your head. Don't listen to other people. Don't listen to yourself. Don't speak in English or a language that you know. By faith. Just begin to try to express to the Father how much you love Him, how much you believe in Him, but don't say a word in English. Now, don't be quiet. Don't, don't sit there and wait on Him to make you speak because that's not how it works. By faith. Well, what will it sound like? Maybe, maybe I'll say something funny. No, you can trust Him. Just by faith, begin to speak out loud. And the bolder you are to do it, saints, am I right? Utterance will come. The bolder you are to step out, utterance will come right there. 
Everybody in the crowd, reach your hands out this way. Some of you reach your hands toward these cameras because there's people. Uh, we're praying for you too right now in the name of Jesus. Everybody up here, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Pray this after me out loud. Say, Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus, that he died on the cross for me, that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, you are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. I live for you. You said if we would ask you for the Holy Spirit, you would give him to us. I'm asking you right now. Fill me to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. I believe I receive right now by faith I speak. So receive. That's that's him. Speak bold. Oh, Levenance. Navy in the name of Jesus. Tove Mekaski. Che Levenose. Navy Amanda Venose. Don't be silent. Speak out. Che Levenose. Che Levenose. Devine Mele Grave Jenante. Navy Lembrand Menesesh. Che Levenose. Sasak de Koje. That's it. That's it. Be bold. Don't be silent. Don't speak in English. That's it. That's it. Be bold. Be bold. Be filled in the name of Jesus. Be filled. Speak out by faith. By faith. Speak. Speak. That's it. Be filled, be filled, be filled. Be filled. Set, be bold. Speak right out. Speak right out. Be bold. In the name of Jesus. Ah, speak out. Call a false assaulting. Name the Velen Brand Messashi. Shell of Ramon Zango de Venetia. Shell of Rome. Speak right out. Speak right out. Love Remassi. That's it. That's it. Call it Remassi. Be bold. Speak right out. Speak right out. Name the Venon Zango de Venetia. Shell of Remassi. That's it. That's it. Be bold. The bolder you are, the better. Save the manji, the nandi venongsi. Deliver manji kai. That's right. That's right. That's right. Deliver manji zozong. Deliver manji amdi vandi vali vobe deliver vobe dozi zong. Never let man susongi. Deliver manji zozong. Deliver manji zozong. 
The important thing now is that you believe you receive. Don't wait till you see or hear something. You say, well, I didn't feel like I was speaking. What well, first thing you got to do is believe you receive. Believe you receive. I've laid hands on more than one person that didn't speak fluently and freely at first. Sometimes people are more too much aware of their surroundings and what's around them. Let me encourage you when you go home tonight. Lay on your bed, get quiet, or get off, get off to yourself on the couch or something, and just get quiet. You right by yourself, and just begin to thank the Lord for filling you with the Holy Spirit right by yourself. Just thank Him, thank Him with your understanding for a few minutes, and then by faith start doing it in tongues. And the more you do, the freer you'll be, and the more, the further you go, the stronger it'll come. Saints, am I telling the truth on this? This is right. Listen, everybody, lift up your hands, say thank you, Lord. I believe I receive the Holy Spirit and by faith as you give me utterance I speak everybody lift your voice again I'll pray with the Spirit. I'll pray with the understanding also. I'll sing with the Spirit. I'll sing with the under. You can sing with the Spirit just like you can with the understanding. And saints, people receiving, watching by internet, we're going to do it again now. And we're going to sing. Everybody sing. Somebody say, well, I'm not a good singer. We're not going to record you. Just sing. Just sing. Everybody lift up your hands. Lift up your head. Begin to sing. speaking you said it's, it's a by faith proposition he loves you he'll help you it's just a matter of learning how to yield and the more you yield the better it gets tonight's a good night thank you Lord and the amazing thing man I do this every day virtually 
uh, you get to praying about something. And you just think, well, man, I've already said everything I know to say. How do I pray? And then you say, Holy Ghost, help me to pray about this. And you start praying in tongues. And a lot of times you don't know exactly what you're saying. But in your spirit, you know you're making progress. You know that, that you're getting where you need to get. And then later on, you see things happen. And things come out. And you realize, glory to God, He heard me. He helped me to pray what I needed to pray. Thanks be unto God. Friends, I'm so glad you came tonight. I'm excited about you getting filled. We're going to sing. You can return back to your seat. Everybody, let's sing. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. about your salvation or getting back to God or some of these things these people are ready to talk to you or pray with you otherwise we'll be dismissed have two services on Sunday morning anybody know what time they are 9 and 11 so uh, you're invited if this is your first time tonight if you didn't like this sermon tonight come back might be a totally different sermon you know so anyway we should like the word of God we should like the Bible And uh, everything is for our good. It's just to help us out. So let's sing. We'll be dismissed. Bless you.